Welcome to the Respectful Divorce Podcast. If you're considering a divorce, it's important to know that you have options for how you divorce. On the Respectful Divorce Podcast, we explore those options and provide advice from divorce professionals. On today's edition of the Respectful Divorce Podcast, we're talking with members of Collaborative Professionals of Washington. Joining us today are Tim Peterson, a mental health professional, Leslie Blankman, who is the immediate past president of CPW, and an attorney, and Jenny Busca, who is a financial professional. Thank you all for joining us today. Thanks, Tim. Glad to be here. So let's let's begin, Tim, and I'll I'll ask you. So what is CPW or Collaborative Professionals of Washington? Tim, Collaborative Professionals of Washington is an organization that brings together collaboratively trained professionals to take you through the divorce process to end an intimate relationship and move your family from one household into two households in a way that holds your family, allowing you to make the best decisions that you can for your family, all the while providing structure as you move um, and restructure your family. So this collaborative process, um, uh, Leslie, as an attorney, let me ask you, how is it different from the traditional divorce process that people think of about going to court and those kinds of things? Yeah, that's a great question, Tim. The collaborative process brings the process into um uh, your own space outside of the litigation system. And so you're not in court arguing out your differences. You're not in court um, discussing things publicly. You're in a safe space uh, that is created by the two attorneys, the financial neutral and the um, the coach that's on board. Um, and we have respectful conversations uh, everyone's interests are heard. And that's important because we're thinking about solutions that create um, safe households on all sides. Um, we're not arguing uh, that one person should have a you know, bigger benefit than the other person, like often happens in litigation. Uh, it's really about respect and how we can get through this process or how we can take these families through this process of divorce um, and end up with uh, some really strong co-parenting skills and really strong communication skills on the other side. So one of, I guess, the unique aspects of this is the role of these of the neutrals, uh, of the divorce coach, the role that, that uh, Tim Peterson, you play, and the role of the financial professional, a neutral financial professional. And Jenny, that's the role that you play. What do you do in the collaborative process of, of a divorce? So I start off by gathering all the, the details, the information about the accounts, the numbers that's my role and then as we move through the process the full team will go into brainstorming and help couples talk about turning one household into two how to reach those goals financially with what's important for them to maintain so as a neutral i'm able to have those conversations ask important questions without sounding positional for the clients and and from what i understand if you're in a traditional divorce process you've got two financial people on either side and so that that there's a, a great advantage of having one 
that is in that neutral position. Is that right? True. You're paying one professional and you're hearing the same information. So you're not getting two sets of values on a house, for example. So it's everybody is in agreement. But we try to reach agreements. Yes. And and Tim, as a divorce coach, um, what does that mean that you do? Oh, good question, Tim. I think uh, for me and for the coaches that are out there, our job is to manage the emotional piece of this, to do some psychoeducation on what is best for kids, what is best for family. How do you walk through this? Uh, we psychoeducate on what does grief do and how are you stepping through grief and how grief might land on people differently. Um, how to have kindness, compassion, and grace for each other through the process. How to step into each other's shoes and hear what the other person is saying. Um, you know, fear is a big thing in divorce. How am I going to get through this? What's what does the other side look like? And so my job is is and our job as a team is to help them understand that this is a puzzle that we will put together. And as you solve puzzles, you know, there's usually a way that you solve puzzles. Like I, I think about a jigsaw puzzle. You dump it out all on the table, and then you turn them all over. You know, that's the information gathering piece. And then, and then you start to put all the edges together. And so then there starts to become structure of the puzzle. And it's, you're looking at this piece as to how can I solve this or how can we solve this together? And we as the team get to put structure around that. And my job is to help manage the emotional piece. It's also to show what conflict looks like in a healthy manner and in a functional manner. And then to manage that conflict as well as we move through. So how do you how do you do that in the process? How do you help to navigate through that conflict? It's a lot about fear. It's a lot about the unknown. And underneath fear or underneath anger is typically some more emotion. So doing some exploration or having the clients do some exploration about what is the motivation here? And then sort of uncovering that and saying, hey, how do we solve for that piece? This is something that you're not going to get in the court system. This isn't something that you're not going to get in a system that is more... Um, hierarchical where a decision is going to be made for you. You actually get to sit down at the table and have conversation about what your fears are or about, you know, what you think the future might look like or where you're blocked. And then you've got a full team to help uncover what that is and say, okay, that makes sense because we all have all these emotions. Um, and so my job is to help uncover that and to delve further into what does that emotion mean for you? What does that emotion, you know, how is that bubbling up? And is there something that we can do to help um, calm that, to help assuage those fears and to allow that person, their prefrontal cortex of their brain to come back up online so they're not just walking through this as, um, as their amygdala or as their emotion pushing through, that we actually put structure around this and hold that space for them to make those decisions. It's, it's, you know, we, we go at the pace of the client uh, to allow them time and energy to be able to process all of this. So, Leslie, as an attorney, uh, you have to have a different mindset from 
at your role as an attorney if you're going to court. Is that right? It is a shift that needs to happen when attorneys decide that they are going to uh, move from a litigation practice to a collaborative practice. And that shift is really about the whole container, about the whole process. We want our clients uh, to learn how to speak for themselves um, in meetings. So in court, the attorney is doing all the talking. Um, a lot of the times attorneys do a lot of the uh, drafting of declarations and things like that. But in collaborative, we're really coaching our clients through how can you come into this space and ask for the things that, that you, you need out of this process? And, and, you know, as Tim Peterson was mentioning, how can you express your fears within this process and feel safe doing so? And it is a it is a shift in the conversations that we have with our clients. It's a shift in in how we're going to get to resolution. You know, a lot of times in litigation, we say start really high so that you can meet in the middle. In in collaborative, we start with a reasonable, and that gets both parties closer together. Um, and you know, and that creates. A, a little bit more um, reasonableness in the negotiation process that's involved in in collaborative. Nobody's walking in playing the the standard negotiation game, right? We're we're really starting from a place of what is reasonable, what's going to meet your high end goals here, and and are they also going to meet the the other party's high end goals, um, and then the children's goals too. So. We're really looking at it from a holistic point of view and ra rather than, um, a, you know, a single perspective or trying to position a client in their best possible position. So can any family law attorney be a collaborative attorney or do you really have to have been collaboratively trained? You really have to go through the collaborative training. Um, that is important to help you with that paradigm shift that we talk about, getting involved with other collaborative attorneys, um, watching how this works. Uh, you can, you know, you can shadow cases, which I think is really important uh, because it's a it is a shift, and you have to make that shift in order for the whole team to work effectively. Um, and so it's important that you have collaborative training. It's important that you also have mediation training. Uh, that mediation training gives you some of those skills um, around looking at interests and values. So Jenny, one of the things that, that I've heard about your role has been that uh, you really kind of help to deal with some of those fears that Tim was talking about of what things will look like afterwards, because you're able to sort of lay out some financial models that that people can understand what their finances are going to look like. Right. Yes. That's throughout the process, we'll come up with maybe one or two or three different scenarios that people can look at and maybe we have it on paper. And so they can tangibly see, okay, if we do things in one way versus the other, depending on whose column it goes into. How does this look? And not only that, but if we're looking at um, refinancing a home or, or possibly buying a home in the future, 
what do future payments potentially look at and and how does that affect their affordability of living on their own in their own with their own expenses so absolutely so let me ask each of you and and Jenny will let you go first what attracted you to this collaborative process i like i like working with couples together and helping them reach agreements together i find that understanding what their point of view is, where they're coming from is important and helping them reach those goals is that's, and I like, I like working with the attorneys too. I like the full team. I like uh, the mental health professionals, our divorce coaches that are on it. They, everybody has their role. And oftentimes when clients come to me and I'm working with them, they have, they have legal questions and I can't answer those questions. So the collaborative team, it's the full meal deal. And I, I love working on a team. Yeah. Tim, what about you? What attracted you to collaborative? Tim, I'm, I'm going to date myself. When I'm a kid, you know, I grew up in the 70s and the 80s. And then I'll just say a little bit in the 90s because I don't want to age myself that much. Um, when I was growing up, I saw so many families that were really injured by divorce. I saw um, kids that would end up being with their mom full time, uh, that would spend every other weekend with their dads. And, you know, oftentimes the moms would be in abject poverty and the dads would be living a high life. And that's not a judgment on those people, but what it shows is the, um, the trauma that divorce can cause when someone is making a decision for you, especially when it goes through the court system, especially when you're putting kids on the stand. Um, so, you know, I'm watching people my age still affected by their divorce, still affected by their parents' divorce. Let me say that. And so it, it made sense to me that we could do this in a much softer, easier way, really helping folks understand how do you go through this process and how do you not send the, uh, child support payment in, you know, in check form in in the breast pocket of the kid as he gets dropped off at mom's house you know how do you not put the kids in the middle so uh that was that was the impetus for me to to start doing this work and then i will echo what jenny says which is i love working in a team and putting structure around families like this and and leslie what attracted you to collaborate i am one of those families that tim spoke about and he and i are about the same age so um you know early 70s and 80s. Um, and I grew up with um, with some significant uh, parental alienation going on. And kids um, need their parents and they need strong relationships with their parents, you know, as long as their parents are, are healthy parents, right? Um, and to be able to create scenarios in which uh, children's needs are considered and are top of mind um, and are heard is rewarding to me because it can set families in a, in a different direction than the, than the one that I had growing up. And so for me, it, it does get a, a little more personal uh, based on my history. Also, as a, a solo practitioner, I, I echo Tim and, and Jenny, the team environment um, relieves some of the pressure. I don't have to be 
the person they lean on for all of their fears. I don't have to be the person answering all the financial questions. I can I can stick in my role and say things like, you know what, that's a really good question for Jenny. And let's bring that up in the next joint session. Or that's a really good uh, parenting question for Tim. And I want you to bring that up when you meet with Tim. And it is helpful that that we all have our specialties and that we um, and that we're able to lean on each other. Tim, this you told me a story uh, last summer uh, about uh, how one of the legends of the collaborative movement, particularly in Washington, Kevin Scudder, brought you to uh, collaborative and Kevin passed away this summer. Uh, talk a little bit of what Kevin did for you and for the collaborative mo- movement in Washington. Yeah, he's definitely a, um, he was a mentor. He was a dear friend and, uh, you know, he's the one that, <laughs> he's the one that pushed me on to, into some of these leadership positions for sure. Kevin was, uh, at heart, wanting to help families he was an amazing energy in really following process making sure that process was there and that we followed it and that we allowed these families to make these decisions he was adamant that we walk through the process to keep the family safe to also keep um, the ideals as clean as possible for these families. So, you know, he was terrific in giving feedback to us in terms of, are we doing this correctly? He was terrific in receiving feedback. There'd be often times where he would come and sit in my office and say, what feedback do you have for me? And so to me, that means that someone is open and willing to hear and make changes in this. And that's what the collaborative process really is about is can I, as a professional, can I take the feedback and can I morph in what I'm doing to really effectively help the clients? And he was a stalwart in, in, in doing that. So, you know, his leadership was felt not only here in Washington, but he was involved in the International Academy of Collaborative Professionals and, and just a, a terrific friend and mentor. Yeah. Leslie and Jenny, I see both of you shaking your head in agreement. Uh, you have memories of Kevin that you would want to share? I worked with him a little bit, and he just was amazing. Everything that Tim said, he was a, a wonderful mentor. He was a great teacher and and always the kindest words to say to me and to everybody on the team. It was a, it was a wonderful experience to work with him. Yeah. Leslie? You know, I keep I reflect on this conference that's coming up next week and every conference I've been to, Kevin has been there as a force in the room and a peg presence in the room, always with a smile, always giving hugs, always, um, you know, just asking people, how are you doing? And this year is going to feel empty. There's going to be he will be missed in the room this year. and you know, not walking in and not having that presence in the room um, is going to be a reminder to all of us to, to move forward with the work that he did and continue the collaborative process uh, in Washington State in the, in the vision that he he embodied so well. Wow. 
So we are doing this podcast in advance of Divorce with Respect Week, which comes up March 4th through 8th. Uh, and it's an opportunity for people to do uh, a 30-minute consultation to get more information about divorce, about the collaborative process. Um, if somebody was going to schedule a consultation with you, how should they prepare for that consultation? Leslie, I'll start with you. Really? I I just want people to, to call, um, schedule the meeting. On, I, I have a, a tool online they can schedule through, uh, through my website. And really, I just want them to show up um, to, to learn about collaborative. Um, and if any questions come up, we can always talk about them uh, second. But in that consultation, we talk through what are your options? What are your biggest fears? Um, I get a little bit of information, you know, just about them and uh, about um, the, their partners and um, how things, how they see their divorce go away. So really not a lot of preparation is needed. Just show up and, and be ready to learn about um, all of your options, including um, collaborative divorce. Yeah. Tim? It's a different conversation with you. How should someone prepare for a conversation with a divorce coach? You know, I'm going to agree with Leslie on that. Just show up. Tell me, because it's really specific about each individual family. That's what collaborative allows is for us to come around and put structure around a family. Every family is unique. And so this collaborative um, divorce allows us to tailor make what they need so they just get to show up and say this is what we have in terms of our this is what our family structure looks like and how can you help us um, move from one home into two and what would that look like and we can talk it specifically about their family jenny if somebody's going to talk with you do they need to bring their numbers with them or just again show up Yep, just exactly what Leslie and Tim said. Just show up, and if it is, if they already have decided on collaborative, I've already received a referral from the team, and they want to bring me on. The question is, what have you been told, and how can I fill in some blanks? Because usually there's questions, so I try to start with them and lead the conversation that way, and then I'll just fill in the blanks. And if it's somebody that is has not talked with an attorney yet, the conversation is still very similar. It's just Let's have a conversation. I need to find out what you're looking for and see if I can help and how I can direct traffic a little bit. Leslie Blankman, Tim Peterson, Jenny Busco. Thank you all for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having us. So um, this reminder, the Divorce with Respect Week is March 4th through 8th. You can get more information or schedule uh, an appointment with a member of the uh, Collaborative Divorce Washington group uh, by going to that website. You can also learn more about Collaborative Divorce in Washington by going to collaboratedivorcewashington.com. We'll put some links in the show notes for you as well. Once again, Divorce with Respect Week, March 4th through 8th. That website, divorcewithrespectweek.com. This is Tim Crouch reminding you that Collaborative Divorce is a better way to untie the knot.